On this episode of Star Wars Time Show, the dudes got all sorts of things to talk about. We're talking new toys, Kylo Ren comic book covers, R2-D2 fan theories for Rise of Skywalker, Game of Thrones bros quitting, Hugh McGregor giving us episode counts for Kenobi, Mandalorian spoilers, Mandalorian trailers, and last but not least, the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. Cue the music. Welcome back to the primetime version of Star Wars Time Show. It's Matt and Nick. And as you heard from the announcer, we have another full slate of Star Wars topics to tear through tonight. So we're going to get started. And we're going to start with some things that I'm assuming some of our fans enjoy. And those are new toy reveals, buddy. So the first one here, not really a new toy reveal, but some um, information for fans looking to find the... Black Series Purge Trooper figure. So these Purge Troopers will be made famous in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. They're a radical-looking version of the of the Stormtrooper. They're not quite the Stormtroopers of the Age of Rebellion yet. There's a little bit of mix of some clone aesthetics in their helmet. But, Nick, we found out here in the States that the way to get this Black Series figure is you can either buy the... Jedi Fallen Order bundle at GameStop, and it comes with it. I think it's 82 or 92, depending on the version of the game. Yep. Or he'll eventually be uh, available on the 15th, which, again, is the launch day for Fallen Order, as a standalone figure for $22.99. Yeah, this is a beautiful-looking figure. And, look, everything that we've seen from Jedi Fallen Order so far is fantastic. And one of the standout things from, from the first gameplay preview that we got was the Purge Troopers. I mean, they, they stood out. They're very, they're, their uniform, like Matt said, is very reminiscent. It's the helmet, man. Uh, the helmet's yeah. wild. It, it's, it's almost like I believe that it's, it's somewhat of a Ralph McQuarrie concept, potentially. It does. Like it, it has like a McQuarrie flair to it. I'm sure if we go through some of the images that were posted, follow Phil Shostak on Twitter. Like, this guy has been dropping a lot of fantastic stuff from the Star Wars art vault in the art department. Is that how you say his name? Because I I, when I see it, I just see it as like stroke. Like I think it's, it's S-Z-O-S-T-A-K. So I say I can't even fucking read, so I'm glad so, you're yeah. here. Phil, Phil Shostak. I mean, the guy, he's a great Twitter follow because he's basically all about Star Wars. He drops it fantastic, especially Macquarie pieces, but also gives really good insights yeah, into I, like I think he just oh, they is... have him locked up in the Lucasfilm archives all day and he just yeah. sits there and reads through notes and shit and will take a camera picture of something he thinks cool and then it goes viral on Twitter for Star Wars fans to check out. Yeah. So but um this one here, I mean this this purge trooper, I love it. It's got the little shoulder pauldron like you're used to seeing with the age of rebellion stormtroopers, but like Matt said, the helmet definitely has Yeah he's got he's Abr- got like a Abr- clone clone trooper skirt. As Nick said, he's got that shoulder pauldron, which is usually signifies you're a sergeant or a sand trooper in the age of rebellion troopers. But now he's cool. I, I guess one thing, Nick, you know, there are people that don't like Disney Star Wars stuff. But I think the one thing that the fandom menace, as they call themselves, that they can't bitch about about Disney Star Wars is all the new radical looking stormtrooper variants these properties have given us at this point. Oh yeah, you can't argue against that. You can't that. bitch about Scare that, right? People, I mean, at least I mean, at least give Disney a little credit there. So, yeah. 
keep your eye out for the Purge Trooper. He'll be at GameStop as an exclusive here in the States, either as a bundle with the game itself or as a standalone on the 15th. Um, speaking of Black Series figures, we also got some updates from, I guess it was MCM London this past weekend, so Hasbro was out there, and uh, they dropped some new Black Series figures coming from Attack of the Clones, Nick, your favorite movie. AOTC. Uh, that's Love right. It. We're getting AOTC Kenobi, which is Mullet, Mullet Ben, I, and then <laughs> Tweeny Anakin, you know, braided Anakin. So. Yeah, yeah, like the single braid. I, God, I don't want to bash on AOTC, but it's the worst look for both of them. Like you said, it is. Like I mean, Kenobi's rocking this weird long <laughs> mullet. It, it looks, weird, I'll tell you like, what, it at least looks good-ish in figure form. I mean, these figures look great. Let's, yeah, oh yeah, the figures But I know what you mean. Ewan, Ewan McGregor in that wig or whatever the fuck he was wearing <laughs> or whatever they did to his head, it's like they stapled a raccoon on there or something, some roadkill. It, it just made <laughs> him look ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, that's just AOTC. Everybody knows it's one of the lower-end Star Wars movies right. that's ever come out, but... But on the figures, the figures look good. Yeah, I mean, the figures I, look great. I like these the face sculpt for Anakin. I think it looks really, you know, like for a character who was didn't seem that intimidating in the movie, the figure yeah, he looks, looks pissed a off. I mean, he looks like he's constipated or trying to fart without noise coming out. You know, where you kind of <laughs> have to like concentrate. Yeah, yeah. So you don't make a noise, and you, but you know, you get this really concerned look on your face. Uh, no, they're up there. I mean, uh, we do have versions of these figures in this scale, but they're the figure arts ones, you know, the $60 plus. Yep. And they, these are right up there with them. There's no doubt about it. And it even looks like Anakin's going to get some soft goods for his under tunic. Um, but we also, Nick, they, they showed off a Knight of Ren, just yes. one Knight of Ren, and Zori Bliss are also joining the Black Series line. Um, I don't know why they're just doing one. I, I would hope that there is a set or an exclusive set of all of the Knights of Ren. Yeah. Uh, and if they are doing one, I wonder why they chose this guy. You know, that is like, yeah, that was why? my question. Is, is he like, you know how you have featured extras sometimes like right featured side characters. I wonder if this particular dude is going to be like the featured Knight of Ren. That's, okay, yeah, does, he must have like a standout moment or whatever. Maybe he was the cheapest to make in terms of the costume and getting the mold built. True, yeah. Uh, but to me, I, I don't know, I, I feel like there were other more exciting looking Knights of oh, Ren. Yeah. I mean, th this guy, he's got like a, a sickle type of weapon. It looks like he's got a blaster, but... Yeah, I, I wouldn't have chosen him for the first one either. Yeah, like the guy and that also, chopped his arm off to put a blaster on, maybe go with him. Yeah, like he seems like a pretty badass dude. I mean, it seems like there were better choices, but you you might be right here, Matt. This could be like the easiest mold to make, so they did it first, and then they plan on releasing the others. I, I know, hope closer so, to the man, film release it's just... Date, but from a collecting standpoint and or the photography aspect, a lot of people like to build what they call, you know, armies. Yeah, it'll be people. I mean, I'm looking right now to my left. I already own four fucking Sith Troopers. Nice. What nice. do you need four Sith Troopers for, my friend? You don't. You don't need them, but you want them. Yeah, it's nice <laughs> to have, especially with the photography, having those layers. You know, I, I'm not that smart where I could just use one figure and move them a bunch of times and then layer all those images together to make it look like I had a bunch of figures. But point being here, you can't just have a Knight of Ren. And that's literally what they named him. He is a the Knight of Ren. I mean, yeah. they are the Knights of Ren, 
plural, so let's bring on the rest. And I have a feeling they will. It'd just be odd to, to make one out of a set of, what, how many are there, five or six distinct figures from a film. I mean, they made three versions of the Praetorian Guards from TLJ, so let's go. Yeah, yeah. So maybe by the time we get a little bit closer, if we get some more like TV spots for, for Tross ahead of the release and we see some more of the Knights are in, then they'll start dropping those in toy form. But we'll see when it comes to them. The Zori Bliss one, I really like it. She looks posable, which is really good. I mean, they, they catch a pretty pretty sweet pose of her already in the in the glamour shots. Oh, yeah, she's got her pew-pews out there, and she's doing the, you know, I'm going to blast you one over my head and one in front of me type of setup. Yep, yep. Um, so. I, I wish she could pop the helmet off. But that yeah, would be cool. Yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, obviously. Do you, do you think she'll pop the helmet in the film, or is that kind of like uh, the Boba Fett rule where he can't? I think she will. I think that Zori will reveal her face. And Maybe Poe po goes in for a little, little, little smooch or something. Yeah, like like old time's sake, and then she right. gives him a nice little smack in the in the <laughs> face. I mean, yeah, they 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 do a little hook up there before the big, what we're guessing is going to be a huge fleet battle there at the end of the movie. So. All right, well, you know, speaking of Knights of Ren, dude, we got a leaked version of one of the upcoming Kylo Ren comic book covers. And uh, I think the cover took a lot of us by surprise because what it shows is that Ben Solo, a.k.a. Kylo Ren, had nothing to do with the formation of the Knights of Ren because we're literally seeing him as a young Padawan Jedi with Luke fighting the Knights of Ren, and one of them happens to have a red lightsaber. Yeah, see, that that to me was the biggest thing. Because, like, listen to every podcast where we talk about the Knights of Ren. We, we always either say, like, oh, yeah, this, these are Kylo's followers. Like, these are either people that he recruited from the Academy right. before its downfall, or these are followers that he found after he had converted to the dark side already. This cover, like you said, completely blows that to shit. What looks like probably happened is that after his conversion to the dark side, he killed this this you know faceless knight of Ren that we've never seen before. The one exactly, yeah. The he almost lightsaber. has uh, like a a Mysterio type of helmet on, you know, like a fishbowl where yeah, exactly. You can't it's see just his all face. glossy or you know glass, plastic, uh, blinders, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, that's that's what a lot of people are speculating that you know it, it seems at this point that either Palpatine through Snoke or Snoke or whatever, if we're ever going to figure that connection out, these people may have worked for him directly. Yeah, and possibly eventually recruiting Ben over. Who knows? But I, I, I mean, first off, the art's fucking fantastic. Yeah. I, I love this. I love seeing Ben with Luke as some badass shit. I'd like a whole movie or Disney Plus series on those two before Ben went cuckoo and, you know, Luke locked himself up on Acto. Agreed, uh, agreed. I think but, man, uh, just a dynamic cover, but it, it was pretty revealing that, that Ben Solo had nothing to do with the formation of the Knights of Ren, and more than likely they were an agent of... Palpatine and or Snoke. Yeah, I mean, we know that Palpatine had other apprentices outside of Darth Vader during his time in the, you know, during the Age of Rebellion, and he also had Sith assassins. So, I mean, like, this could be a collection of, you know, his his other apprentices or these assassins that is now, you know, running the galaxy, 
you know, well, running through the dark sides of the galaxy with the empire out of commission. And, you know, maybe, maybe they were kind of, you know, kind of passed on to Snoke in, in one way or another after Palpatine kind of made his retreat into the unknown regions. Doesn't um, the, I mean, you can't really tell here, Nick, but in the background, doesn't the ship sort of look like a version of, of Kylo's command shuttle? It does. It looks like Possibly it has those, implying those, like, that it's first order ish esque. Yeah, because it's it looks like it has those wings that can kind of open and close a little bit. Like the back of it in particular looks a lot like the shuttle. Um, it is a little hard to see, like you mentioned, because it's just it's it's overlaid with the title of it, and then there's a lot of like haze and distortion around it. But there's a definite similarity from what I can see. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a this like you said, this cover is very telling of what we can expect to see um, from the Knights of Ren and Tross, and maybe even in other properties. I mean, um, this is an uh, an awesome group that has a lot of story to be told about them. So hopefully that we either expand on that in novels or within comic series. Because yeah. So Hasbro, give us all the fucking Knights of Ren. Thank you. Especially this guy with a lightsaber. I want to know who that. Yeah, that guy's is. boss. But <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're you're spot on that he probably was the the leader of the Wrens until Ben became Kylo. Exactly. Yeah. And then it was, the, these, these guys probably had no chance. I'm not denying that they're, they're, they're probably powerful. They're, they're more skilled than your run of the mill bounty hunter or first order trooper. Uh, but they can't contend with a motherfucking Skywalker. No, absolutely not. Okay. So moving on, we, we got the launch trailer already, you know, more than two weeks early for Jedi Fallen Order. And we're not really going to break it down. It wasn't the, one of those types of trailers, but we did want to mention it. It's out there for you to watch. And we want to let you know that it's pretty fucking awesome. And if this trailer doesn't get you excited, you're not a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I mean, this is the trailer. Like I was telling Matt before we fired up the the cast, like I'm super hyped for Mandalorian. I mean, Disney Plus is going to be a game changer for all Star Wars content. Mandalorian looks like it's going to be something that every fan, regardless of your your you know your thoughts on Disney Star Wars right now, should enjoy. I mean, I'm I'm including Papa Palpatine in this. Papa, if you don't like the Mandalorian, something's wrong. I think that I think you're going to like it, sir. But um. Jedi Fallen Order is one of those things where Matt and I have been waiting. We, we worked in the video game sphere for a long time. We've been waiting for a legitimate Star Wars story-driven video game to come up forever. And now, seeing this trailer... It's got to be at least 10 up. years, right? I mean, we always forget this, but when did the first Force Unleashed come out? Because I, I, I'm not even going to say Force Unleashed 2 counts, because that game was a, a shell of the original. Uh, 08... Was yeah, so the first 11 years at this point, if I can do math still. Yeah, yeah, yeah 11 one years. Plus one is four. Yeah, <laughs> definitely 11 years. So I, I'm with you, Nick. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I love I love me some narrative-based Star Wars anything. So Mandalorian, yes. Nipples are hard. Balls are ready. But as you said, it's been over 10 years since we've had a legit story-driven Star Wars game. We've had, in my opinion, and I think your opinion, we've had some pretty great Star Wars narratives coming out of this Disney experiment. Yeah. But that, that's been in, in animation, comic books, film, not video game. And that's kind of why I think both of us are slightly more excited, maybe a little bit more on the edge of our seats for Fallen Order, because 
it's kind of an unknown. We don't know if people can still make good Star Wars games. That's how long it's been. Where we know, most of us know, that there's some pretty great Star Wars content out there outside of the video game space. So this is weird to say, but kind of new new territory. Something we haven't been uh, used to for over a decade. Yeah, I mean, the last time we saw a narrative-driven Star Wars was done by LucasArts. And I mean, LucasArts... It has now been reestablished in a very small way. But, I mean, this is not LucasArts. This is EA. And what is EA known for? EA is known for Battlefield. EA is known for Battlefront, a lot of action-oriented games that are lacking in in storytelling. Um, But... Everything we've seen from Fallen Order makes me believe that EA's publishing though that that we got to remember true. that it's, it's respawn that made it. And if people don't understand, remember their respawn history, these are the people that created the Call of Duty franchise. Yeah, the good COD. Like this is right like before Call it went nuts. These guys did Call of Duty one, Call of Duty three or two, three, and then the first Modern Warfare, the one that kind of changed Call of Duty forever in two thousand seven. I mean, Call of I mean, Call, Call of Duty one. With the World War II stuff, it was a great game, great experience going back in World War II, shooting up some Nazis. But it wasn't until Modern Warfare that Call of Duty became the juggernaut, the the, the $600 million a year generating cash cow that people oh, yeah. go nuts for and play multiplayer for, for hours and hours and hours. But that's yeah. because of Respawn. I mean, Respawn, they're the ones that did Modern Warfare 4. They're the ones that kind of made Call of Duty what it is today. So, And, and they also did Titanfall. I, I mean, I, I've got mm-hmm. nothing but respect and trust for Respawn at this point in time. So yeah, I do. I, I have very high expectations for this game. And watching trailers like this, I don't think I'm going to be let down. No, absolutely not. The lightsaber combat looks fantastic. It, it, looks, re- it looks so yeah. real. I mean, it, it, I'm not even playing, and I can feel the, the physics, like the true physics. You, you can feel the blades swinging through the air and striking each other, and it's almost yep. like there's bounce back. They don't look or feel weightless like most Star Wars games do. Yeah, and I mean, one of the coolest parts to me, and this may seem small because we see this happen in basically every Star Wars property that includes Jedi but in a small, like 10 seconds in the trailer, it shows Cal kind of on a, it looks like a, like a little lift and he's moving towards a bunch of troopers and he's deflecting the bolts back at him. But the way that that looks, look, was incredible. Like the fact that you could animate that, that you could build a game that correctly portrays that in a way that is as impressive as that was, just i'm so excited for this game because of just the care that was put into it by respawn and everything else so yeah i I just the only thing i am slightly worried about is the combat if if they lean too hard into the souls born bullshit and i am saying bullshit i'm sorry for those of you that love that stuff call me what you want i'm a pussy i'm a loser there's no fun to me in, in taking an hour or two hours to get through the fucking tutorial okay that's, just, yeah. that's not fun. That, that, t- that to me is not a challenge. That's a test of your sanity. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I, I don't... I'm not looking re- for that. I, I want to be challenged in this game, but not to the point where it's like, oh, if I don't fucking hit, parry, parry, hit, parry, parry, hit, dodge, roll, strike. Fuck you. Yeah. That's I, no I, fun. That is not fun. <laughs> and those of you that say it's fun, it's fun 
because of the, the, the challenge of ridiculousness and, and conquering a stupid challenge. That's why it's fun to you. Yeah, I, I, I do like a healthy amount of difficulty, but like I want to be able to like, I don't want to have to like play one boss fight for 20 minutes or 20 times Bro, over I'm not and talking over and about over boss again. fights. In these games, I don't know if you've tried any of them and I recommend you don't. I just had to re- review the surge too, which is, I mean, you're you're asking to want to stick thumbs in your own eyes playing a game like that. With the the, the first fucking mission, which is essentially a tutorial, kicks your ass as if it's the final boss, and you're not even fighting the boss yet. These are just oh fucking yeah. NPC, regular asshole shitheads you have to fight. Yeah, no, I definitely don't want it to it's be like, like are you that. Kidding like- me. The game just started, and I'm getting my ass kicked by some bozo in underwear with a with like a, a, a two by four. Yeah. One thing before we move on in the Fallen Order trailer, did you notice that? I think he talks to a night sister in it. Like yeah, at, I don't. Uh, at 26 seconds, no, I like, know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, there's definitely some mysticism going on here, and really, they've woven in the the, the mysticism, as Nick said, with the Night Sisters. So it is canon. I mean, that happened in the Clone Wars. Uh, but didn't we even read in this Vader Immortal that that he's kind of dealing with this mystical type of being? So it's almost like Star Wars is starting to skirt the line of of Force and and magic powers. Yeah, exactly. Like. These magical, not really. I mean, they don't really use the force. I mean, I don't know if they're right. I mean, I, I just did a Clone Wars rewatch a year or two ago, and, and Talzine and them. I mean, Asajj could use the force. Yeah, Asajj could, but like, I, I don't believe Talzine and Daka and all them. It was the force. It's something else yeah. entirely different. But it yeah, sort of is like the dark side. So yeah, it is. Like, I don't know if it's like somehow a corruption of the force that they've turned into like this magical mysticism that they can use to, to, you know, raise the dead and, and, and do, you know, damage stuff like that. But I thought it was interesting, this character that, that reveals itself in the trailer. And I'm, yeah, I'm very interested to see exactly what that leads to, because it is something that's now familiar, especially to those of us who've, you know, watched, the you know the Clone Wars who have paid attention to the expanded universe canon. Well, well you stuff. know everyone's pegging the second sister as Barris, right? Oh yeah, I mean that was kind of one of the fan theories right when the fucking thing came out was that this is Barris because we don't know what happened to her. Like Barris. Well, yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that whole plot line was a casualty of Clone Wars getting fucked. Yeah, I mean all uh, right where they were heading with all that stuff with Ahsoka leaving the Order, all that was just. <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. We're done. There. Go ahead and watch the random lost mission shit. And yeah. We'll get back but, to you in what almost ten years. We'll do some more. But I mean that. Like, I would give unending respect to respawn if they did that, because I know one how hard it is for game developers to build out a game, and then also to to pay fan service using characters that aren't theirs like typically i mean they sometimes don't have the license to do shit with with certain properties of a franchise yeah i mean disney could have said all this shit's off limits yeah i mean they're they're like the, the larger galaxy you can use elements from that but in terms of core skywalker related stuff no way yeah exactly so i would be i would love if it was barris 
Um, I doubt that it is, though. I mean, they could just completely surprise me, though. So I hope they do. It'd be badass. Well, yeah. All right, so moving on from the game here. And this isn't something I usually get into, but I, I got a fan theory for you. It's not mine. I mean, that's what I mean. I, when we're dropping theories, fan theories, we usually like to drop our own. But this one comes way of uh, some dude on Reddit, uh, rdruner870, okay? And the reason I want to talk about this, Nick, is because throughout the cast talking about Tross, we've been mentioning, me in particular, like, where the fuck's R2? Where's R2? Where's R2? Where's R2? Okay, sure, we got him in the the most recent one, but it's probably an end or beginning scene. It was definitely nothing while the, 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 the direness of the plot was taking place. So I've speculated, like, this little dude's going to do something pretty huge. He's going to show up at the nick of time and just do another, oh, yeah, Miller time type of R2 maneuver. I mean, the guy's been doing it ever since we first met him. So the way this fan theory goes, and it's such a fan theory, but I so love it. I usually don't try to get into this fanboy stuff, but this would be fucking epic. So... I'll just summarize it for you. You guys can go on our site and, and read the full thing. I got it there. But essentially, this this fan is speculating that R2-D2 all along has had Luke's green lightsaber in his lightsaber compartment, which we know is legit from Return of the Jedi. Okay? Yep. So he's speculating that because we have not seen the green lightsaber, no one's talked about it, Luke wasn't using it during his Force projection, he's theorizing that sometime during Episode Nine. When all hope is lost, just as I have said, when the heroes are about to get taken out, R2-D2 is going to show up, launch that motherfucking saber, and it's going to it's gonna go into the hands of Ray. I would like it better if it went to the hands of Ben, but, I, dude, I just, I would love to see this. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, I agree with you, too. I think that if it pops up and it goes to anybody, it needs to go to Ben. Has because, to. Like, that, like... Now, this movie has me way more excited for anything Ben Solo, Kylo, Ren related than Ray related. Like, I love Ray, but I've said it multiple times. Like, Ben is where this whole kind of plot line revolves. Um, and like we mentioned before, like, he's got this red cross guard lightsaber. We assume that there is a redemption coming for him. And what better way to redeem himself, especially after a a force-related conversation or moment with his uncle than to catch his uncle's blade, the blade (laughs) that he tried to kill him with. Yeah. And, and, and strike down. I'm literally getting a chub just sitting here thinking about that moment in the theater and and how electric that would be. Oh yeah. I mean, like I just love the, the character of Ben solo slash Kylo Ren so much. And like, that would be a perfect, cinematic moment for him i mean talk about the cinematic moment in tfa where we see ray pull the skywalker family blade exactly right they they would have to mirror that almost almost exactly mirror it because we know george likes to essentially mirror throughout the trilogy you know if something happens in the prequels you'll see a version of it in the next two trilogies yeah stuff like that so yeah i would love to you know cue up the the skywalker theme with some new elements in it maybe some new notes throw Leia's tune in there a little bit and and boom you just see it going across the screen and blood uh, a seemingly dead Ben puts his hand up grabs it and fucking strikes him down yeah I mean look 
people listening, especially the Disney haters, are probably like, man, that's happened in every movie so far. It happened with Ray and TFA when in the forest, and then it happened with Ray again in the fucking throne room with the lightsaber coming back uh, from, from Snoke. Like, you got to think of a different trick. Shit like that is awesome. I don't care how many yeah, times they dude, use it. Dude, it's like I, I, we've talked offline. I really, at this point in time, I, I think they're just angry to be angry because they feel like if they're not angry, then they, they have no point. I, I don't know. I, it, 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 I was kind of that way, but never at the, at the lengths people kind of go to with this new stuff with the prequels. I mean, it's well documented on the old shows of this podcast. If you want to yeah. hear someone act like a lunatic – over Star Wars fandom, cue up some shows from what, like 2016, oh, yeah, 17, when, yeah. when we were doing them Friday nights after I was three sheets to the wind. <laughs> but I would get done with those podcasts and bum out. I'd be like, fuck, was I saying all that shit? You know, I know it's, it's sensational. It might get people to listen. Yeah. It's like, I just sound like a fucking asshole. Matt, and it made me to, feel bad. Yeah, you used to message me like the day after podcast. You're like, damn, dude, the fuck is wrong with me? I was like, yeah, yeah. like I, I mean, there are times I would question editing out myself from the podcast. It's just like, <laughs> and it's not because, oh, I, you know, I feel bad. I'm a pussy. No, it's just, it, I love Star Wars. I, I mean, it should be clear. I, I've been doing Star Wars content creation for over a decade. Nick and I have started our own site, own podcast. I, I fucking love it. So, if you love something that much, if it if it bothers you that much, why do you still interact with it? Yeah, I mean, I just don't I, see the point. I mean, after 2005, when I was disappointed by the prequels, I essentially put a moratorium on Star Wars for myself. I, I took a timeout. I took a fucking timeout, and I honestly did not watch any of the movies again until the Disney Star Wars announcement, and I believe it wasn't until almost 2015 as I wanted to do a complete franchise rewatch before TFA. So... Yeah, I, I, I tapped myself out for a while because Star Wars bummed me out because I hated the prequels. I just I don't get why you want to live in the hate unless you just like doing it. Yeah, I mean, some maybe that's what some people need. Some people need to just take a take a break, take us, you know, a year or two off. Don't right. watch OT. Don't watch anything. You know, maybe maybe you don't like Star Wars as much as you think. Maybe you shouldn't be getting that upset over Disney Star Wars because in the end, you really don't like it that much. You know, I, I realize that yes, I do love Star Wars. Even with some poor movies, I'm still back, and I'm a, probably a bigger and more engaged fan than I've ever been. It just it, it bums me out when people are just so negative about all the new Star Wars, and I I don't see it. I know there's opinions, and I respect opinions. I just don't get the the hardcore negativity and shitting on everything without really even giving stuff a chance. So, I mean, anyways, there's your yeah, the hate. let's all be nice to each other. PSA: <laughs> we're, we're not a bunch of pussies here. We're just tired of all you knuckleheads trying to make everyone feel like shit. Like you clearly feel like shit because of Star Wars. It it, it doesn't make sense. It won't work on us, right? We stick our chests out, and those names will bounce off of it. Exactly. I'm rubber and you're glue, right? That type <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Hopefully that fan theory comes true. I, I'm still going with, in some form or fashion, R2-D2 is going to save the day at a very key moment because that's his middle name. His middle name is Save the Day. Yeah, Hero. Okay, so 
moving on to future mm. Star Wars, that's pretty much the rest of our oh. topics outside of the top five are, are all future Star Wars related, some near future, some distant future. And this one uh, was going to be distant future, but now it has no future. And that is the Star Wars trilogy that the Game of Thrones bros were working on because they have quit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes, you heard that right. <laughs> the motherfuckers literally quit. Last night it dropped. Uh, last night it would have been October 28th. They quit. Yeah, I mean, I woke up in the morning because this dropped late at oh, night. Dude, this I posted it at 11:30 like, because I'm an asshole. Yeah, like I woke up and I like, and then actually today at work, I mean, I saw it before my girlfriend mentioned it to me. She's like, did "Some did somebody quit Star Wars or did Star Wars something happen to Star Wars?" I was like, "Yeah, the Game of Thrones guys decided they're just not doing their trilogy now." And the, there's just so much to unpack here. But the biggest thing is like the reasoning that they gave behind it was the Netflix deal that they signed. They signed, for those of you who don't know, they signed a five-year, $250 million exclusive deal with Netflix. But that deal had already been announced when they oh yeah i mean that, that deal i believe I, I know we talked about on the show and it, it's been months since that deal came out it's not like this is oh but hey fuck netflix dumped you know 300 million dollars in our front yard so fuck you lucasfilm no yeah like and, and netflix <laughs> was aware of the of they the were double dipping like, up until yeah. this point they're literally oh yeah we'll do we'll do the star wars and then we'll do the netflix yeah so now we are, like you said, Matt, we are in an interesting future for Star Wars or a non-existent future for Star Wars now because up until two weeks ago, I mean, prior to Ryan coming out and saying like, oh yeah, I'm still working on Star Wars. There was a story that came out where he, even he was like, well, we'll see what happens. I don't know, Kathleen well, I, and Yeah, and I Lucas saw that. And then he came stuff. back. He's like, I said if? Oh, my bad. Yeah. No, yeah, we're, we're definitely still doing something. So, yeah, so. I mean, so, who the fuck knows? I, I, I think for these people, though... I, are these does this just prove that these guys are ass wipes i don't know dude i think that they're scared like it, they it, they have to be because I mean, they're on, already hated because of what they did with season eight yeah exactly like and they've recently come out and said like yeah we basically just kind of flew by the seat of our pants in season eight we, were, we just didn't know what to do um, yeah like, i mean they they admitted as nick said on record that eh, we really aren't writers anyways and yeah so so that's why you got season eight so yeah i mean you already had star wars fans going oh fuck i don't know if we want these guys so they probably you know read the room and they're like all right star wars fans are fucking nuts first off we already have a bad rep because of what we did with uh, got season eight let's just take our quarter of a million quarter of a billion dollars and just kind of go away yeah like let's and look I mean, these guys will probably make fantastic content for Netflix for years Maybe. to come. Like, I mean, I they know people. I think if anything, they know enough people to get them along. Like they, they, you know, they know yeah, good you, writers. You gotta think. I mean, the thing directors. that they're known for, Game of Thrones, they really had nothing to do with in terms of the creation of the content. Yeah, they were showrunners. Like they, yeah, they didn't, and they they had the goddamn someone already wrote the fucking world for them. They didn't have yeah. to do shit, but 
get people and themselves once in a while to write scripts for episodes. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what they'll do on Netflix. They'll just do licensed content. Like they'll find shit out there. That is fine. As long as they find a writer that has all the shit done. So they're not left to figure out what should happen. But, and I blame you too. You fat ass George Martin. (laughs) Yeah, that, lazy pig. That is seventy percent that dude's fault. It, it's hey, it, it, you're right. Let, let's. I mean, as we're throwing these dudes under the bus, let's let's make sure to put him first because in the end, it's his fucking fault. I mean, book six was supposed to be done in two thousand and eleven. Yeah, like that shit has been out in book writing. Book six. Or, that's not even the last one, dude. Like, it's yeah. it's already fucking eight years late. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, George R. R. Martin has just. Like, as soon as he sold that shit to HBO, he's like, I'm done. I'll get to it when I get to it. Finally, people like me, and I'm famous now. I've been doing this since 96, and only super nerds realized that this is pretty cool shit. But now that I am pop culture mainstream... I'm taking advantage of. I'm going to the cons. I'm getting wine and dine. I'm making. I'm getting people to pump up my ego, and that's what he's been doing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, I mean, what does this mean for Star Wars now? So, I, I don't, it's, it's a great question because Iger on record, these guys were going to be doing the the twenty two the twenty twenty two film. So, yeah, I guess at this point, Iger's bullshit plan of delaying films for three years looks genius because they essentially have to reboot their their initial plans yeah and i mean we thought that star wars was set up for a good future i mean the reservations that we have about these two fellas they're definitely warranted but we kind of you know put our faith in the force that they would be able to find their way with good star wars content oh yeah i I was still expecting whatever they put out to be watchable if not good yeah But now, I mean, we're in a situation where Ryan just wrapped Knives Out. Ryan, I don't even know if he started writing his new trilogy yet. Based off of what we've heard recently, probably not. We're three years out from a major trilogy release, and we don't know... Who's going to run it? We don't know if it's Ryan. We assume that it is now because he's the only one contracted. And we don't know what's after it. Like, if it's not him, who is it? Like, do they have, does no, Iger and Kennedy, do they have a contingency plan? Are well, they going to fucking... this is where Feige starts waving his magic wand and, and fixes all this shit. Who knows? And by fix, I'm not talking about the stories, you bozos. I'm talking about... This, this directorial now and, and, the, and the loss of writers. Yeah, I mean, Feige seems like he has all the goodwill that the planet could give him. I mean, like he just came off of being the mastermind of, uh, you know, phases one through three of of the yeah, MCU. I mean, he essentially like, produced what thirty one movies, and they all were pretty great, and they actually all led into one overall conclusion narrative arc. Yeah, so I mean, it's fucking insane what he did. So I'm pretty sure he could start the Star Wars opening crawl, and then just have poop falling <laughs> in space, and we'd be like, "Fucking a, it's, it's revolutionary." Like, Fucking Feige, he's ready. I hope, I hope there's a stinger in this one. The stinger is like more poop floating away. Yeah, he's just, I don't know. So maybe Feige 
is is going to be the savior for this this whole like post yeah, I, Skywalker. They got to figure something out at this point, and, and I still don't think their preferred path is Ryan going first. I, I don't think so. I either. do think they want to try to blunt some of the TLJ effect for a while. <laughs> you know, maybe give it almost ten years. Yeah, where the things maybe turn like some of the prequels have for people, but. I really don't think their plan is to have Ryan go first. Not that I would mind that. I, I would like to see what he does. I'm I'm actually intrigued by Knives Out, and I'll be going to check that out. But uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just this was definitely a, a shocker in the Star Wars universe. These, these yeah. bums just quitting. I'm and they quit. This isn't like Kathy forcing them out. I mean, she even put out a quote basically saying, "Hey, they're good storytellers. If they fucking figure out how to." multitask they can always come back so yeah i mean i'm very interested to see if there will be a more formal announcement regarding the future regarding 2022 and forward now that this has happened from either disney or lucasfilm i i doubt that we'll get anything soon but they, they definitely have something to address and you know yeah they, they need to stop making announcements for three plus years out and just kind of let stuff roll and when when they know it's ironclad and they're actually shooting yeah maybe then you come out and, and announce stuff but Dude, th this stuff they... in the end it, it, nick it just we're not stupid but you know this is just feeding <sighs> the fandom menace like ah look, they're still all fucked up they got ah, writers quitting blah blah blah, blah, blah. yeah i mean the what if they were like all right george we're desperate this oh, is your please. moment. I mean, yeah, that, that would be fantastic, <laughs> but you never know what that guy could do. I mean, I They're think like a lot of people, you know, they put their blinders on when it comes to the maker and all respect to the guy, but just sit down as an adult, no drugs, and watch Attack of the Clones or, or grab some dialogue <laughs> from that or Revenge of the Sith. Watch and, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> and really tell me that, whoo wee, is that some fucking filmmaking right there? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we went over some of the some of the dialogue. I mean, you made Oscar winners and Oscar nominees look like bozos. Yeah, I mean, he is not known for his ability to direct emotion in actors. Let's yeah, you you way. want the guy to write shit? Have at it. Just let someone else direct. Yeah. So like, you want to make George the, the full time writer? You want to make him the story group again? I'm all for it. I'm all for George getting back into Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. I just, I don't really want him being the end-all be-all on a trilogy ever again. Yeah, yeah. With a get, bunch of yes, yes men around them like Rick McCallum. Like, yep, that's a good idea. Do it. Oh, yeah, I like that line. Go for it, buddy. Yeah, he needs, what? he heavily needs Larry Kasdan and Irvin Kershner to be Well, like, I don't know if you saw that news this week, but Kasdan apparently fucking hates Disney Star Wars too, so he's done with Star Wars for the rest of his life. It seems like his kid is still interested, though, John. Uh, it, it, I mean, he he went on the ra I forget who he was talking to, but Larry pretty much came out and said the studio fucked Solo, so fuck them. Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't argue with that. Like we've said multiple times on this podcast that 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 they really fucked. I mean, he them. went about it in a much more eloquent fashion, but my summary of it was, you know, what you guys did with this kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And now that you're asking me to come in and look at other people's Star Wars scripts or do my own, you can go fucking pound salt. Yeah. So I don't know. It seems like, you know, 
we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. But yeah, I don't imagine that. that I'm not worried. I'm not like these involved. people are like, oh my god, the sky's falling. Disney's gonna lose the the, the rights or whatever. No, I mean it, it's all gonna work itself out. I, I just think this is a, a byproduct of Disney brass being fucking idiots. I mean, it's just like they keep bumbling this shit. Yeah, fumbling and bumbling the PR aspect of owning the Star Wars license. They excel at that. Yeah. All right, so moving on, more Disney Star Wars. Surprise, surprise. We got some insights into the Kenobi series from you and himself. Uh, he just kind of reiterated the timeline, <laughs> the tone, and curiously, a another low episode count, Nick. So, yeah. I mean, first off, he was talking to Men's Journal and basically just said, yo, it's a fucking massive release, relief to finally get this out into the public because he's known about this for four years. And, and this isn't <laughs> in this article, but he also uh, reiterated the fact that this was supposed to be a movie. Yeah, exactly. So this, the, the rumored movie with Billy Elliot, like the Billy Elliot director, Stephen... I can't remember his last name now. Shit. Starts with Just a D. Daldry. Daldry. Stephen Daldry is supposed to, you know, direct it. Likely was a thing. It likely was a thing. So Yeah, I mean I, Ewan said this was gonna be a, yeah. a one a standalone movie, but now, as he said in this article, it's turned into a six episode Disney Plus series. Yeah, six episodes, one hour long each. So instead of telling a story in probably a two hour fifteen, a two hour, two and a half hour long movie. You get six hours to tell a story. Yeah, I, I and mean, you can it's probably, probably better come this back. way, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's if you go back to, you know, a few months ago, Matt and I did a podcast on like, what do we want to see from Disney Plus content, Disney Star Wars, um, in terms of, you know, would you rather see this movie form or would you want to see long form TV content? And I said for Kenobi, it would be way better to do long form TV content because there's a lot to tell, especially within the timeline he's talking about. So we're being, we're sitting right where we want to between, between episodes three and four, where all of the Kenobi content is to be had. Um, so having six hours there for the first season, and hopefully, I don't know if they plan on doing a second season, but if they do, continuing that on, like that is a perfect timeline, perfect episode length. Yeah. And It, it sounds like this is probably going to be a, a standalone joint, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, you never know. I mean, if money is made, you never know what Disney can do. You never know who they can motivate with their cash stores. Uh, but I think this is going to be kind of a, a one-off deal. But it sounds like we're probably going to see a new type of Kenobi because uh, Ewan also explained kind of what he thinks Obi-Wan's mindset's going to be. I mean, he, this is a dude that literally just watched all his buddies and his order get slaughtered. He's on his own. He's in self-exile watching over who he hopes will be the savior. Um, and Ewan pretty much says it's quite something to get over. So we could see a very uh, depressed, maybe angry Kenobi, maybe a more emotional Kenobi than we've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he has cut down his own friend, basically his brother, um, I don't know if we're going to pick up at the point in the storyline where he already knows that Anakin is Vader. That's going to be interesting because from what we can tell and from what we know at the end of episode three, he assumes that Anakin's dead. Um, so 
Yeah, it's it's he's on top. Uh, yeah, that, you know what, dude? Number. I never even thought about the correlation between him and, and and the rise of Vader and when Obi figures that out. So I, I think you hit on something there, and I, I definitely definitely want to see that. Yeah, I mean, he's on top. Like, how does he deal with it? I mean, does he see a hollow project? Does he see like a like a news cycle from off world of this new? Uh, Sith leader that's just going down and wrecking places and do you see like his heart sink as he realizes like oh no yeah. I mean old canon that's basically how it happened he was sitting in a cantina on Tatooine he sees something pop up on the hollow net and Vader's on it and like he immediately knows and he's just like oh fuck yeah so good call there I, I, I think we'll get that moment or I hope we do if we don't they're fucking stupid yeah you, you have to have that that's gotta be episode one like episode one has to be like the realization that Anakin is Vader, and then that could probably because I, I mean that spark. just further seals his and Yoda's failures. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like they they already fucked up so much, Yoda in particular. Uh, but both of them could not take out the Sith Lords <laughs> to either officially one of end it. <laughs> yeah, like neither Sith Lord is gone. I mean, one of them is a severely reduced form of himself, but like. Now you have the galaxy essentially being run and controlled by two Dark Lords of the Sith. Yep. And two of the best Jedi in the Order had a chance to take them out, and both of them failed. So, um, yeah, lots of good content to be had from this, from this Obi stuff. And, I, dude, I will say that McGregor keeping his mouth shut and not letting anything out for four years is impressive because, like, he's been pressed a lot. Oh, yeah. That's like, like you said, it's a fucking massive relief because it, you, you know how he's been answered. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I would love to if they asked me. Yeah, I would do something like that. I think there's potential. I do. But, yeah, there's nothing. And yeah. Yeah, he's pretty much known almost since Disney took over that <laughs> they're going to do something with that character. So. Basically, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. It's I mean, good this stuff. Is, I'm excited. Yeah. But don't uh, expect to see anything Kenobi-wise until late 2021 because he also mentioned that they're not going to start shooting until next summer. Uh, and as Nick and I have speculated, uh, 2020 is probably going to be the Cassian year. Uh, 2021, maybe we get Mando season two early, and then we get Kenobi in the fall, kind of like we're going to get Mando here on the 12th. Uh, so, yeah, exciting. It's a bummer. It's only six episodes, but as Nick said, do the math. Six hours is better than two hours, and that's what Kenobi was going to be, a movie. So can't really complain here. Nope. Speaking of long-form Star Wars... We're shifting into the Mandalorian part of this podcast, and there's there's two things we want to talk about here. The first one I think is pretty cool, and it's got me excited for the first episode. The second, of course, is we got a new trailer, and Nick and I are going to kind of do our, our breakdown tap dance that we usually do. But before we get there, Nick, we got news. Um, I think, yeah, it's from Entertainment Weekly, that according to the New York Times, the first episode of The Mandalorian has a dramatic Star Wars universe spoiler. So when I read that, my mind just started racing. Like, okay, what are we talking about here? Is it like, is it, is it you know, Darth is Luke's dad? That type of spoiler? Is that a dramatic one? Or is this something that's going to spoil new new Star Wars content? Yeah, that's what's interesting to me. One, the to use the term spoiler is kind of weird. But two, like... What could be that big that it would be that you would even consider using the word spoiler for it? So, I mean, we're talking like 
like I don't even think who Snoke is would be, you know. Yeah, I get your point that you on the, on the like, semantics of spoiler, yeah, but yeah. let's kind of you know what the big what, dramatic what do you think, Where do you think they're going with it? Oh, hey, yeah, hey, Darth Vader's dead, and he was Luke's dad. Oh, Luke's on Acto. He's he's. Uh, hidden himself away, or is it? Hey, we've heard that the Emperor may still be alive. Or I think, who's this Snoke guy? Or have you heard of this First Order shit? Or I just don't know if I don't think that it could be the Emperor because if it was, if it was already being talked about at that time, there's no way that it, that, that it would be a surprise that he comes back in Tross, like right. to the galaxy, not to the to the you know the viewer, obviously, but like to the galaxy, there would have to be rumblings if they're already talking about Operation Cinder and, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, maybe Moff Gideon mentions, like, don't worry, the fucking the Emperor's out there still. We're going to get it back. Like, people would know about that. Yeah. No, I get you. So that's why, you know, maybe it's First Order-related Snoke. Snoke, yeah. They're like, there's another Sith Lord. Or, like, there's another... Yeah, some, something like that. Or there's something going on in the Unknown Regions with this dude who reminds us of... of emperor palpatine blah 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 yeah i uh recently this week at least on instagram i've been trying to type type stuff that may elicit people to not just look at the picture maybe read and interact with us and and they actually have so good job people good job (laughs) good job you did it congratulations and i'm gonna start doing that more because we're, we're getting some some fan interaction with stuff that you and i like to talk about so when i put this post out there i was like all right what do you guys think and Someone threw out, well, you know, maybe we get a mention of, of Boba Fett's fate or something like that. Like they talk yeah. about Boba Fett. He got out, blah, 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 something like that. I was like, that, that's a pretty cool fucking thought. Um, others, like I said, leaning towards the, the First Order type of stuff. Uh, I don't know. Could the Mandalorian be related to a, a character that was brought up in the Age of Resistance? I, I'm still leaning towards a Star Wars dramatic Star Wars universe spoiler. I, I think it's in relation to the new content versus the old stuff. Yeah, I think it's probably more leaning towards the Age of Resistance stuff. I would love if it was Boba. I mean, that's a character that we still need. A four, I mean, like, yeah, you could take what we saw at the end of ROTJ and say, like, well, the motherfucker's dead. And, like, you know, he's not back in, in new canon yet. And there's no hint that he's coming back but i think that if you're gonna bring him back and if you're gonna gonna follow that same path that we kind of followed in old canon this is the time to do it like we hear and we'll get to this in the trailer breakdown but we hear talk of what happened to their people the mandalorian people whether it be in the clone wars in the age of the rebellion um so now would be a pretty opportune time to bring him back if we're going to do it. So I think that that would be awesome. Um, spoiler, also, cool reveal. They also yeah. were talking about potentially mentions of Ezra or Thrawn. That would be just next level, like, yeah. I mean, fucking, again, like, Filoni is a huge part of this show. And yeah, and he's the one that sealed their fates. And he's the one, I mean, I still contend we got to do something with those two characters. They can't just be lost in the unknown regions. And the fact that they're in the unknown regions and how the unknown regions may be playing in the tross, it's like, you know, let, let's do something. Do you do it Mandalorian? I don't know. Is it a comic? Is it a Disney Plus series? Who knows? But those are two major characters' fates that are just up in the air at this point. Exactly. Yeah. And then. 
um, in, in terms of like the, the rise of the first order, I mean, it, it, it's a weird time to discuss. And this is just my opinion. Like, it's a weird time to discuss it because we haven't even gotten the formation of the new Republic yet. Like, well, yeah, it is. I mean, we're, we're seven years post Jedi. So there is a, there is a new Republic. It just sucks at getting uh, the outer territories, the outer rim, if you will, in line. Yeah. I mean, it, the outer rim's always been kind of lawless. I mean, even under the Empire or the Republic. Yeah. But it sounds like it's even nuttier. So the, the New Republic is around, and I believe Floney and John have said, yes, you will get hints of how the First Order was able to do what it did. I don't know if you're going to get direct, hey, that's the First Order F. I R S T order, <laughs> but you may see, you know, maybe a guy like uh, Werner Herzog's character or Moff Gideon, maybe they they're talking with Snoke or, or entities in unknown regions. Maybe they're the genesis of the First Order movement. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I like uh, that. Like seeing the movement. If it is like Gideon and exactly i I, I don't think we're gonna see holy fuck look at there's the fleet and phasma and everybody no 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 i it's gonna be they're gonna be talking about it we need order again we need order fuck this new republic we need order the first order and there's the genesis of the movement yeah yeah i can see that i think I, i i would be down with that for sure um so yeah i mean we are mere fucking what is it 12 14 days until the release of The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I mean, it's close. I mean, I'm not good at math either, especially when it comes to dates, but we essentially have like eight more days left in October and then 12 in November that, yeah, 14 days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're getting close. We're getting close. And I mean, Matt, you're already locked in. You already have your subscription I, I don't handled. know how I sign in or what my credentials are, but yeah, buddy, I got the bill. Yes. Yeah. You're for <laughs> damn sure I've paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually reached out to like to Disney Plus's help on Twitter to see if there's any sort of like, do you know when we can start signing up for the bundle? Do you know that's, if I- That's crazy that they announced that bundle and then that was it. It's yeah. Just, it's just basically gone away. I've like, cause I reached out and cause I reached out to just straight Disney plus and then somebody responded and they were like, Hey, DM Disney plus help and they'll be able to get back to you. But I did that yesterday and it was like right when the Mando stuff was dropping. So they've probably been busy over in Disney plus land. But I basically asked like, Hey, I already have ESPN plus. Do I get a discount on the bundle? Because I already have one of the services. <laughs> like, how does this work? um yes sir here's your discount click yeah it's like here pay for the two separately now because you don't qualify for the discount (laughs) go fuck yourself for outing yourself yeah so i'm just trying to find out any bundle information that i can and look i'm gonna be pretty fucking pissed if this bundle doesn't release on day one because then that means i'm going to have to do it individually like then i'm gonna have to play pay for disney plus and Hulu, and ESPN Plus, all separately. And that would really piss me the fuck it, off. It, I mean, it really is mind-boggling. You'd think they'd already have the portal up and ready. It's, it probably it should have been up and ready since the announcement because the last thing they want is saving it for launch day and then a bunch of assholes like you crushing their servers trying to get their credit card information uploaded. Yeah, I mean, come the fuck on. Like, I will say this, though, like, the one thing that they have going for them, if they've if they've looped Hulu in to their 
to their ecosystem is that when I went to sign in to like pay for ESPN plus when I first got it, it was all done through my Disney account. Cause I have like a, a Disney account that I had to sign up for when I was like doing my reservations and stuff like that yeah. for Disney world. So they were like, Oh, you just log in with your Disney account. So if that's the same thing, for like the Hulu and and Disney Plus, I'm assuming that yeah, we're all going to be signing in with our ESPN whatever Disney family account. Yeah. So just uh, so oh, if well, anybody I'm from glad I did what I did, but yeah, you better watch out. Nick's if anybody be from sitting there Disney. sitting out in the cold, like everyone's watching Mandalorian and not me, I'm gonna have to figure out creative ways to watch the Mando just like yeah, I that do for and resistance. resistance. <laughs> Pretty soon he's gonna be watching them in fucking Russian. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just a uh, person comrade ho- Mandalorian. Yeah, just a person holding a camera in front of their TV. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, you poor bastard. We'll see. All right, we'll so I, yeah, I can't wait to see what this spoiler is going to be. But we we got 14 days, so let's move on to the latest trailer, which dropped last night. Again, that would have been the 28th. For those of you that like to keep score and. It was a good trailer, Nick. I mean, it was, it was under two minutes. If you really want to count the action, I'd say it might have been a minute and a half, if that. Uh, there was some retread footage, but there was also some new footage. And more importantly, we got some great narration from whoever the fuck Werner Herzog is playing. And whoever it is, I already love it because I, I think this guy, I love his voice. I just I like what he's saying. I think his lines are brilliant. So we're going to go through the trailer kind of like we did last week with the Tross trailer skip over some of the more mundane stuff and and really just kind of loop into the things that stood out to us or that maybe gave us an idea as to what may be happening in the plot. So if you're following along on the trailer, I'm going to go ahead and cue it up around like the the 10 second mark at home uh, because really all we get here is that awesome shot of all the Stormtrooper helmets on pikes uh, with the Mando walking by. But the difference here now, we get a, a quote from Werner's character who says, is the world more peaceful since the revolution? You know, essentially asking the Mando, hey, how'd that rebellion go for everybody? Yeah. And I, like, I love, like you mentioned, his narration throughout this whole thing, but I love the direction that he takes with it because it's, it's straightforward imperial manipulation. Oh, totally. I mean, it's gaslighting at its finest. Yeah. I mean, mean, it's, it's pure gaslighting. So it's, it's fantastic that that's the direction that he's taking and it, it does kind of perfectly set up this world that we're going to be functioning in. For oh yeah. This series. Yeah. No, it's perfect. It's basically like, Hey, welcome to the thunder dome. I mean, that's essentially <laughs> yeah. what this part of the galaxy is like. It's Mad Max at this point in time. Yeah. And then the, you know, like going on the next shot you talk about is the, you know, Nick Nolte and, uh, his his little Ugnot character of Kuil and then the Mando riding the blurs, oh yeah they're, those col- they're they're definitely up there so Nick what do you, do you think they've known each other for a while or yeah. is this maybe the Mando linking up with Kuil on a potential mission that he needs his help on I think I still that's kind of that, where I was going like are these are they both bounty hunters have they known each other are they partners or is this just kind of like a, I'll help you, you help me type of deal? I think that they know each other. Like for some reason, I feel it like seems like it. I agree. Yeah. Like Kuil is like his, his guys. Like I need this weird thing. Like I, I need this right. specific I mean, He's not of, a, a Chewbacca per se. Like he's not his co-pilot, 
but I do feel like they've known each other and they rely on each other for jobs. Yeah, yeah. Like if he need us, if he needs a favor to call in, he's like, "Hey, I'm in, you know, the the outer rim around, you know, Tatooine. I know you run in these regions, and I, you know, I need help with this." And Kuwil is that guy. Like he'll be yeah, like, so "Yeah, the, I got okay, you. yeah." That, that's where I was going then. So uh, we get the next line from Werner as we see these two probably going off on a hunt or a mission of some sort. And, and this is a great line. He says, it is a shame that your people suffered. Again, so, man, just like I, such... I, And Nick, I don't know if you saw this in, in the circles you run in online on socials, but I saw some people interpreting this as him talking about bounty hunters as suffering. I'm like, no, th- this is to me a direct reference to the Mandalorian's home planet of Mandalore, which if you watch the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, you'll see it was a heavily contested planet for both the Clone Wars and during the um, Imperial run. Exactly. I mean, everyone wanted a part of Mandalore. Yeah, I mean, I can see why some people would assume he's talking about bounty hunters, um, because his next line, and we'll get to it in a a second, does say bounty hunters, but like... He's definitely talking about yeah. Ba- by the way, bounty hunters aren't a race of people, my friends. No, they're, they're a not. faction in Star Wars. They're not people. So yeah. he, he's definitely, as Nick said, he's he's gaslighting. Like, hey man, that revolution that they all fought and took down the Empire. Oh yeah, you know the one that essentially ravaged your planet for decades between the Clone Wars and this Wars. It really didn't help you in the end, and you're yeah. all still fucking suffering anyways. And you're out here trying to nickel and dime a, a lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Like he is directly referencing the Mandalorian people. He's directly directly referencing possibly, I mean, like we don't know what his, you know, how much Werner Herzog's character knows about the Mandalorian. He may even be like poking at him personally, like your people. And I mean, the reason that I say that is because, you know, as we get on into the trailer a little bit more, there is a possibility that we're looking at you know, some flashbacks, let's put it that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely get there because that, that to me was the meat and the most uh, eye-popping moment of this trailer. But before we get there, Nick, we get a great little pause in the trailer. And, and it's essentially the Mandalorian. He's on a hunt very yeah. clearly. I just love how they tuned down all the music and you could hear his scanner going off like, and he's like, oh shit. He turns around and lo and behold, he's in the middle of a fight with what it looks like Trandoshans. And I'm assuming they're a, a bounty of his. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're competing bounty hunters. Like exactly something, exactly. something of that sort. Um, and if you people out there watching it and they're like, oh, this looks familiar. This was a Vanity Fair Yep. Um, image yep. that came out probably two like uh, other things ago. that I, I you should note in these shots if you're following along look at the Mandalorian's armor and notice that it will change throughout this trailer so there's something that goes down in the series that that forces him to go from this more muted earth tone looking armor to the full-on helmet chrome style armor so I don't know if, like, in episode one, it's kind of set in the past a bit, and maybe then the series takes place a bit in the future and he's got different armor, or if his armor gets fucked up or whatever. But there, something happens in these eight episodes that's going to require Mando to change. Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of leaning towards the his shiny armor got fucked up and he needed to start to piecemeal stuff out. Um, but it could definitely be... You know, okay. Uh, yeah. So you're going the opposite of me, where maybe that was his, the shiny armor was like his go-to, but now that he's kind of ghetto and 
just getting by in life trying to find bounty he's he's kind of had the downgrade to the yeah to the goodwill store version of the amando armor yeah he's you, you got to work with what you can afford in the you know <laughs> in the outer rim so you're not yeah so he's he looks pretty competent in a fight uh, the cool thing here you get to see that his rifle can actually stun people with those tuning forks on the end yep uh, so it, it isn't just for looks. It actually will uh, electrocute you, kind of like a taser. Yeah. I guess the uh, question I had for you, Nick, so when it goes into his ship and he's freezing a bounty, do you think that's one of those Trandoshans there then? The face looked a little weird. I don't think... So, like, like right at 28, if you freeze, it's before the carbonite gets in there so that it kind of puts extra layers on the face. And you can kind of see like a little head head spike coming up yeah yeah i mean it's uh, it's definitely possible let me uh, oh man it's, it's it's i don't think it is just because the way they cut it i mean that they cut trailers to kind of make it look like it's one continued scene i highly doubt it but i'm telling you th- those as you said they're either rival bounty hunters or his bounty because we're going to come to a scene in a cantina or what i speculate could be the bounty hunter guild where I'm pretty sure you can see one of these Trandoshans kind of in the mix in the background. So yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. But anyways, as we're on the Mando ship and he's freezing his targets, we get the the now famous line that a lot of people are using, but bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Yeah, yeah. It All right. definitely is a complicated profession, so much so that that is why, that is a central theme I think we're going to see in this show is that it's not only that bounty hunting is, you know, is kind of not as easy as it was in the Empire. Well, it's dangerous as hell. Yeah. I mean, it's always been dangerous. But I think what he's saying complicated is because you may have to approach a moral line as a bounty hunter. And we've speculated that the Mando is more than likely going to be asked to cross his moral line oh yeah he's probably going to balk at it and that's why he's going to get himself in some shit with these warlords yeah and i mean this is going back to early early kind of speculation potential spoiler area for mandalorian where they were talking about a child possibly being his bounty and this kind of being a spark for him to you know, kind of shift his direction in life or something like that. Um, so that's definitely something that we could still see. Yeah, in the I'm still and, le- I, kid or not. Uh, he's going to be asked with taking somebody out or kidnapping somebody that when it, he sees them, it's either someone he knows or or just something kicks in. He a, a sixth sense, if you will, where he's like, "Nah, fuck that." So yeah, bounty hunting is complicated. Yeah. But, in, in terms of the trailer, really, for the next few seconds, it's just big scene, big scene, big scene. I mean, we, we get the Razor Crest coming out of hyperspace. It flies over this lush planet. Uh, there, there's a great new shot here around the 43-second mark of him unloading the his bounties. That's pretty cool. I'm not sure if he's dropping them off at like the Bounty Hunter Guild to get the credits or if he's delivering them to whoever he wants. But if you look back there, Nick, in the back left at the 43-second mark, there is the quad jumper from TFA. Oh, yeah, from TFA. Yeah, that's something that we saw. <laughs> and honestly, if you look in the right, that ship there, it, it's, it, 
it's got some falcon to it, some ghost to it. I was gonna say it. the The front of it looks ghost like, but well, then even, it, even then the sides got that falcon circular thing. Yeah, yeah. I was, it's. it's I, I'm not saying it's either mix. or. It just it looks similar to them both. So yeah, I really do hope that we get some. Like I, I truly hope that the ghost, the proper ghost, shows up and we get a little bit of Rebel, rebels love in this there show. I mean, Filoni's got two episodes. He's got to slip some sort of Rebels thing in oh, here dude, somehow. I mean, we still don't know who the fuck Ming-Na Wen's rolling with, and you know who we kind of laid out ideas. So, yeah, I think there'll definitely be some Rebels tie-ins. So, you know, he, he's dropping off his, his, his bounties. We get a shot we've seen before where it looks like he's walking into a town probably to go either get more bounties or meet with somebody. And, and this is where we get another new line for Herzog's character. They said you were coming. Yeah. They said you were the best in the parsec. I fucking love it. I know. The best in the parsec. I, when I heard that, I was like, that's that's yes, so That's so yes. franchise correct, man. Yeah, like, I know. Yes. <laughs> it's not a measurement of time. Distance, people. A measurement of yes. distance. I mean, it's such a great phrase. It is. And I mean, that is, but that sets up who this character is. I mean, like, without this line, you could just assume that this is some... Just another bounty hunter, some motherfucker out there whipping right. some Mandalorian armor, trying to make his way as a oh, yeah, bounty no, hunter. I mean, his his legend is is legit, and people know about it, and and that line confirms it. Like the the, the Mandalorian is not to be messed with. Yeah, I mean, it may come to you may come to find out that this motherfucker killed Boba Fett. That like yeah. Boba Fett survived. Yeah, you survived a Sarlacc pit, but he didn't survive a true Mandalorian. Like. You know, it's yeah, totally. <laughs> so if you if you freeze it real quick around 47, this is where we get a shot of him. It's either Cantina. I'm going with it's it's either that and this is Herzog's character's base of operations or this is the Bounty Hunter Guild itself. But Nick, if you look far right, that dude, I believe, is one of the guys that the Mando is beating up in those earlier scenes. Um, mine's loading it right now. Let's see. It's 47 seconds. You got the same head shape, the same vest, same dress. Okay. So that's where I'm kind of going with. You may be right that he's a, a rival bounty hunter. Another alien of note here. It looks like you got a female Rodian as well in that shot. Yeah, you got the Rodian. Not green skinned Rodian. It's like a brown skinned Rodian. And then... Right. So yeah. it keeps going, and, and then we get the, the you know they said you're best in a parsec, and and this is why I think this is a bounty hunter guild because look, look at everyone staring at him like I know it's like you get this the the blue guy and the blonde headed girl like everybody kind of shifts and looks at him. Speaking of in the back there, fifty two seconds that alien with the uh, black paint and pink. Yep. Yeah, we very may well be speaking to him on an upcoming episode of the show. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that. Uh, that's Dominic, right? Dominic there. Pace. Yes, that is a a friend of the show that we've reached out to. Um, yeah, yeah so that, that's pretty be. cool. He got clipped there in the trailer. But uh, back to it. I mean, th- these people know who this guy is, or he just has such a presence that when he walks in the room, people turn around and stare. Oh yeah, and I mean. In my opinion, so like, you know, kind of leading into the scene, you're walking through, everybody's looking at him, and then the next scene kind of opens up into Herzog's place. I think in I think that it's two separate buildings. Like this is clever editing because yeah, right. I think you're right. Like he is in the Bounty Hunters Guild, and then we just cut to him walking into right. the So yeah, so when Herzog. those doors open you got and you know, obviously stormtroopers now are bodyguards themselves. 
Uh, it looks like some of them are, are holding different types of pistols. Uh, yeah. The one right in frame definitely has a standard trooper blaster, but the other two guys on the left, I mean, it's almost like they're holding forms of Han's pistol. Yeah, I mean... Uh, either way, they're, they're, they're still just servant schlubs. Yeah, funny enough, like, if you... I mentioned to Matt off, you know, Mike, or before we went live, that I've been playing a lot of uh, Battlefront 2, and those pistols look a lot like a pistol unlock for troopers in, in the Got game. It. Okay. So it's, right. yeah, looks familiar. Yeah, so then we see Werner's character himself, and he just says, would you agree? Would you Essentially agree? following up on that conversation of, are you the best in the parsec? Yeah. Dude, you know what would be dope is if he's not talking to him. Like, if that specific line, like, I heard that you were the best in the parsec, would you agree? And, and it's not him. He's talking to somebody else. Yeah, it, it very well could be. I and mean, then, like, the Mando these, comes again, in and fucks up the guy. These are edited in a way to hopefully throw us off and make us think that certain things are being said during certain scenes when they're not even close. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, so we, we get some action shots here, and, and notice he's back in the full chrome top armor here. Yes. He makes just absolute short work out of a trooper. Yeah, just blasts uh, him right in the head, pulls his gun. The thing to note here, though, I think at the, yeah, the one, one minute mark, I'm pretty sure that's grief coming out behind him. Uh, okay. So I, I'm assuming something may go sketchy with his meeting with Werner or they're at the Bounty Hunter Guild and, and maybe Moff Gideon shows up. But it looks like the Mando is helping grief or they're both trying to get away from something. Yeah, I think it might be a situation where like there's to me, it feels like there's probably some sort of contentious relationship between the contingent of the Imperial Remnant and the Bounty Hunters Guild like you know, bounty hunters are kind of amoral and don't really focus towards order, whereas the Imperial Remnant is try probably trying to assert some sort of order. So I feel like, you know, every now and the then... The first order. Yeah, the first order. But every now and then, you know, the Imperials may encroach a little bit too heavily on the bounty hunters' territory, and then right. Grief just calls it, like, we got to fucking lay it down again. And then they yeah, just little, go out and push start, back. Yeah, they just start blasting people. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, there's other scenes here that kind of leads me to believe that at least Grief will come into play in certain episodes, either helping the Mando out or, or giving him tips, this, that, and the other thing. But as we continue on, I'm at the 103 mark now. And this, the next few seconds, I'm speculating is a flashback, in particular a flashback of the Mandos himself. Yes. At 103, we see this kid in this maroon getup. That he's, he almost looks like a little priest. So Nick and I both kind of talked offline. You know, that very well could be the Mando as a child. Yeah. Or maybe a special child of Mandalore, maybe one of the royals. Uh, does he, Is he part of Satine's family? Who knows? But... Clearly, that this child is of importance because of the screen time he's gotten. Uh, but why I'm saying this is a flashback, right after we see the shot of this kid, that is clearly a Separatist droid gunship that flies over past. You yeah. would have seen him in Revenge of the Sith during the Battle of Kashyyyk. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is definitely a flashback to Clone Wars time period. And I agree. Like, I told Matt before we even really sat down and had a talk, about it. I was like, I'm pretty sure that that's a flashback to the Mando. Like that's the Mando as a kid. Well, it just and, it gets even it's even further reinforced as yeah. you continue on at, at 105 and beyond. You see this kid again being cradled by probably his parents. Yeah. They're in similar maroon getups here, 
running from oversized B2, B2 battle, battle droids. droids. Yeah, exactly. So this is, yeah, this is definitely Clone Wars era unless somehow, some way, the Imperial Remnant has repurposed 30-year-old right. I would droids. Have, I would have bought into that if it was just the droids, but the fact that they're, you know, you had the fully gun flying ship. ships and shit, yeah. there's no way. I mean, we're going to learn in Fallen Order, the Empire took all of that old shit and just fucking melted it down to, to build up the new war machine. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, Cal himself is working on a planet where all they're doing is decommissioning and breaking down uh, Republic-era star cruisers. Yeah, so definitely a flashback, 100% there. The next few scenes that we get are, well, one action scene of the Mando kind of looks like he's got a quar. I think it's a quarren. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is something we saw in the first trailer. Yeah. So, I mean, you just get a different angle of it. At one eleven, though, we get a beast. And if you look at it at first, he kind of looks like a hairy Reek from Attack of the Clones. Yeah, but he does. If you remember from there, Reeks have tri-horns, and this guy only has one. Yep. Uh, but he's definitely catching it for some reason. And, and if you keep playing, Nick, and go to 113, who's with him? Again, Who pats Cooey. him on a shoulder like job well done. Cooey and look how muddy he looks right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so maybe this dude's I'm, a trapper or something. <laughs> Cooey and this guy, you know, when we saw him earlier, they were going out to hunt this fucking beast together. Could be. I mean, bounties aren't necessarily always fucking people. Exactly. Like, you know, you if, play the Witcher series, my friend. Yeah, gonna... bounties to go kill fucking beasts left and right. Yeah, just play any video game where you have a bounty board. Mo- even Final Fantasy, like most of them are just fucking like, oh, there's a creature out here that's causing wreaking havoc on the on the locals. So yeah, right. Could definitely right. be. And it just it's really the trailer continues with quick action hits. We get him on a speeder, and I I'm speculating he's riding with the same dude we saw from the first trailer when it's real dark. Yep. And it gets lit up. Who the fuck knows who that could be? Some razor crest yeah, shot we've seen before. Another shot we've seen before. And then we get a shot of him and Kara kind of high fiving at. Is that some sort of? Do you assume that that's like a Mandalorian encampment? All right, yeah, so let's get into that because really everything up until this we've kind of seen. I mean, we see Grief with some bounty hunters greet, and we, we've talked about him. They're, they're probably buddy-buddy more than just Grief's the leader of the bounty hunters, and he fucking hates everyone that gets bounties for him. Uh, but, the inter- yeah, so the interesting thing around the 121 mark, as Nick said, where it looks like we're in some form of village. Yeah. And, and we start to get a new narration from our boy where he's like, Mandalorian look outside they're, they're waiting, waiting for you, you. yeah uh, clearly not in reference to what's happening in the scene so what this scene does nick it confirms what i think anyone with a brain has been speculating about care and the mando they're gonna be buddy buddy yeah yeah right <laughs> like uh but but like you said i do believe they're in a village of some sort and i believe the village is the same village that this lady belongs to that we're going to see. And this yeah. lady clearly means something to the Mandalorian. Yeah. Like the, the lady basically attempts, like puts her hands on his helmet in what looks like yeah. an attempt to take it off. I mean, like exactly. He's well, not 126 Mark 127. This lady is so close to the Mando and he's, his guard is so down that she's pulling his helmet off. So the, the fact that he's going to let her pull off his helmet Leads me to believe either through this series he falls in love with her or he's always known her and, and she and or her kid are the reason why he broke his contract with Werner's character. Yeah, and I mean, 
that's that's the key. I feel like like you mentioned, this character is going to be key to whatever's happening here with the ma- main plot thread. Um, and yeah, like he is likely either in love with her or you right. Know, so he's not going to be banging Kara like no. some of us may have may have thought. But he, he it looks like he's going to have a love interest or someone that he cares for. Yeah. Um, we get more action moments. Get a cool shot of Kara with a Gatling gun. We get a shot of Bill, Bill Burr, Burr, who's yeah probably a bounty hunter or an assassin but here nick at 129 this is already a take it to the bank whatever the fuck this segment's gonna be it will be the greatest action sequence (laughs) in all of star wars i mean it's just so ridiculous he is grappling hooked onto a a tie fighter right so he (laughs) i mean he he's doing everything we'd uh, we always wanted to see boba do he's using his gauntlet to shoot his little cable cord out there and i'm telling you if you play Dude's got a jetpack. Yeah, yeah. He's Dude's definitely... got a jetpack. You can see it. It's just been hidden under that cape he's been wearing, but he definitely ignites a jetpack to get right up on the canopy of Moff Gideon's TIE fighter. And yeah. I, I just think this whole sequence is going to be, holy shit, that was the greatest action moment <laughs> in in almost 50 years of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, like you said, everybody has been waiting for like Boba Fett the badass to show up. And look... This guy is gonna be Boba Fett the badass. His name's just gonna be different. Like, I mean, this- bro, in in three seconds of this trailer, he already does way more badass shit than Boba Fett ever did with his gear. I mean, think about what Boba Fett did with his gear. He used his jetpack to fly from Jabba's <laughs> skiff to the other one, and then he used Luke, his little. They break it on accident. Yeah, right, because Han can't see, and then he uses his. His uh his, his gauntlet rope or whatever the yeah, fuck you want to call cable it to like, on Luke and Luke literally dismisses it in two seconds. Yeah, cuts it in half. And before you know it, the guy gets bumped, his jetpack gets bumped, and he flies in the side of the skiff and dies. Yeah, I mean Boba Fett <laughs> is a fucking bozo the way he's portrayed in the original trilogy. He really is. I mean, like if it wouldn't have been for expanded universe content for Boba, like he would have been. A bumblefuck that he, you he looks forgotten. cool. That's it. Outside of that, he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. I mean, he literally got taken out by buffoonery. Yeah, and I mean, he didn't even go back. Like, he didn't even capture Han. Like, fucking Darth no. Vader captured Han for him. <laughs> like, all he all, did was all track Boba him. did was had the intelligence to sit back and see what happened after the Empire fleet moved on. Yeah, exactly. Like, he just sat there and he tracked them down, and then he called. He didn't even bother to do it himself. He called Darth Vader on the phone and said, Vader, I got him. He's in Cloud City. And then Vader did all the dirty work. Right. So, right. Uh, so like I said, that, that action sequence is, I, I just think it's going to be phenomenal. I mean, even in this trailer, the, the three seconds we got, I was like, holy shit. Um, so the trailer winds to an end with another money shot. We get a money shot of the Mando with his you know tuning fork, fork yeah. rifle up at the ready. And then we we hear him for the first time, and he responds to Herzog's basically, they're waiting for you with, yeah, good. Yeah. And I mean, boom, bring on the Mando, my friends. I can't wait. I mean, this show, I've had, I've seen, it's kind of weird to, to say, but I've seen people saying, like, the Mandalorian is a return to old Star Wars. All right. Okay. And I'm like, where. What old Star Wars are you watching and how this is nothing that we've ever seen before in Star Wars history? Like, no, it's it's not even close. Like, those that's when you know that you're dealing with an idiot. Yeah, it's just like 
I understand. Like, I mean, let's be real. I love the Age of Rebellion, but they're the most basic ass movies out there. Yeah, and like, look, I get it. Like, you know, you can say it's a return to the to the old Star Wars because we're spending a lot of time in the Outer Rim. We know that we opened up on Tatooine. We we went back to Tatooine and ROTJ. But like, the style of of filmmaking that we're seeing here the style of storytelling that we're seeing here and the style of action that we're seeing here is, is nothing like old star wars yeah, i mean i mean i would i would wager the closest you've probably seen of the action you're going to get here is solo solo or rogue one like those are the right, two right. i mean yeah. I, I don't know what like for some reason i don't know maybe it's the big arena scene attack of the clones it's like has a lot of these fans thinking that star wars has always been nothing but sand lightsaber fights <laughs> yeah like i just don't get it and that's not even good like watch that again it's literally people in front of blue screens not in the same room going yeah you are yeah like just turn their arm and stuff yeah i mean go back and watch like you know, A New Hope. Go back and watch Empire, ROTJ. Yeah, like, shit. I, I love these things. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. But very it, little it, fighting. Like, it, it's very, there's almost zero fighting, and the fighting is ridiculous. It's like, pew, pew. Okay, we good. Yeah, All right, pew, I mean, slash, 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 talk, 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 slash, 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 jump, talk, fall. And look, we're not saying anything. Like, we're not insulting the movies. That's just how they were. Like, they weren't action no, movies. Yeah, the point Nick is making, and I'm reinforcing, is that for some reason people have this vision of old Star Wars like it's this swashbuckling nonstop action fest with you know the dude's chests are hanging out the girls have big boobs and they're always swooning over the heroes it's like i don't, I don't know what the fuck you guys are watching yeah i mean uh, but they're, they're fairly low-key movies that deal with space wizards and laser swords yeah i mean you get like one or two big fights in each movie like a new hope the fight is and is obi-wan versus vader in the death star and they're playing slapsticks yeah i mean like, they're honestly playing slaps they're like he's like slap yeah and, and then Vader's like you know, slap slap you have an action set piece with the with the you know the the run on the death star and blowing it up but like the, you don't have a lot of individual one-on-one combat like we're seeing in you know or or, or big action pieces like you know ground-based battles or fights like we're seeing in the Mando trailer, like we saw in Rogue One, that didn't happen in old Star Wars. So, like, yeah, it's just weird to see people saying that. But, I mean, that aside... I think we've established this point that we all suck as Star Wars fans. You yeah. just got to find the ones that don't suck too bad Yeah. So to hang out with. So <laughs> I mean, this, this show looks fucking sick. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I know that there are people out there already at the big outlets who've already seen, I believe, the first No, no one. They're, they're not showing episode one in full to anybody. Okay, so it's like tw- this, some people have seen like 20 minutes or something like that. They basically yeah, right. give Press them like a, a few weeks ago got like a 25-minute jump around look, but that, that's it. So. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, mean, it's, it's going to be a surprise for all of us. Like I said, I'm, I'm stressed out, but it's only because I know it just adds a whole bunch of new work for me. And it's work that I, I sometimes consider like, why the fuck do I do this shit? I mean, honestly, no one, no one views it. Everyone's like, Oh yeah, it's good. You should have more views. Well, guess what? I don't. So what's, what is the fucking point? You should, Anyways, you should that's pass neither it here nor so there. We need to keep views. moving on because we're on pace for another record long podcast so let's go ahead and shift into the final segment of the show my friend and that is the top five star wars fan artist features of the week 
lined up by yours truly and then nominated by my man Nick here. So yeah. Nick, let's get right into it. So this week is this was a tough week because there was a lot of good art, art out there. And I believe this is the first time in a while where all of our top five members are returning top five members. That is not by choice. I just kind of went through. I picked out the shit that I thought looked the coolest, and it just happened to be how the force was talking to him this week. Yeah. So um, first up, we have what I say at the bottom of the post is one of the rarest shots we we get to see on the Star Wars Time Show Twitter or uh, Instagram. It is a Darth Revan shot. And the thing I love about Darth Revan is it's the most fucking badass Sith Lord that nobody that most people don't know about and he just looks so awesome I mean and this comes from Griandra at Griandra on Instagram G-R-I-A-N-D-R-A and I mean with Darth Revan here's the thing you don't need to do a lot with him to make him no. look intimidating and Griandra does it perfectly just a simple portrait oh, yeah. style I mean, shot and you know me man I'm a portrait guy myself so I always appreciate a good portrait and that's what this is I mean Grian just got the the lighting split right here you get some of the lighter blue tones on the side that the saber's not resting on and the side the saber is you get the the red hues and I just like it as you said I mean Revan's a guy like Vader like Boba and now like the Mando they're they're just they're very photogenic if you will yes. which is odd to say about little <laughs> pieces of plastic but hey that's the hobby we have found ourselves in I like playing in it Nick likes looking at it all of you also like looking and playing in it so uh yeah I mean Revan's a boss I there's a part of me I wonder like would this Revan look even better with cloth hood and whatnot yeah. i, I kind of like how this hood keeps a very rigid structure because sometimes these little hoods on these robes nick are cunts right. <laughs> to get to go on their heads and look like an actual hood that's resting there and not like something that someone in a sweatshop sewed uh before they turned eight years old yeah yeah uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just a great shot, great portrait, like the pose. It's a power pose, power shot. So, uh, Grianja, you know, he, he's been around since the, the first days of, of Star Wars time doing this toy photography stuff. So it's good to see him back up here in the top five. Yeah. So quick question about the figure itself. Are there official figures of Revan or most of them like Kit Fast or something? No, this is real. This okay. is the legit Black Series. He okay. was a, uh, he's still kind of hard to find. I mean, I'd say this is close to three years old at this point, at least two and a half years. Uh, he's one of those ones where he's an awesome mold, but Hasbro's fucking stupid and just didn't make him in abundance, so he's hard to get. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, you could probably still go find this guy on eBay going for forty bucks. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. No. This is a. This is what he looks like. So there's a little soft, but then for some reason they're like, yeah, fuck it, we'll just make the the shoulder part and the hood plastic. Plastic. Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> but yes, fantastic shot here by Griandra at. Riandra, as spelled earlier on Instagram. Next up, I mean, this shot from one of our favorites to call out, and he likes us to call him out in a specific way, figure fucking hurts here. Hell yeah, figure fucking hurts is literally <laughs> one of my favorite follows here because the guy's mind is is pretty far out. It like, is. It's almost like an acid trip sometimes with, with the shots he cooks up. And this uh, one and this one in particular is, yeah. is just fucking aces. It's perfect because what we get is a fantastic shot of Palpatine and he has like puppetry. I you know like if you've seen like 
you know, old puppet theater with people holding up the little yeah. wood boards and then moving them around to make the yeah, puppets like the dance. marionette strings. Yeah, marionette I mean, Pinocchio, exactly. people. This is it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's as the caption says, the puppet master. Yeah. We, we've always said that about or Palpatine. And he's got on the end of his marionette <laughs> strings, he's got Kylo in one hand and Ray in the other. I mean. This is, yeah, and, and they're the um, these are the Disney Infinity figures. From, I was gonna you know, ask those, you that. Yeah, okay. yeah, the Toys Alive stuff from a few years back. Which honestly, these Star Wars ones are great, and, and the game was actually pretty fun too. But it's a great reuse of that. And I mean, it looks like he just kind of drew the window back there, and he uh, just man, I mean, figure fucking hurts. You just you never know what his mind is thinking about but the fact that he can then execute these visions is really what makes him a fantastic toy photographer yeah and i think now like i i gotta i've been trying to keep track of like our most liked images it's up that uh, this is a big one for sure this is up there i think that we may have had one that was close to or over 400 i know i called out one specifically yeah it was ray or 030 okay yeah yeah so this one is is in so figure fucking hurts is close because he's at 323 likes on this image i mean first off you guys out in the star wars time show community are really stepping up when it comes to the likes especially on these fantastic images um, so we really love that yes, we can get, thank you IG for allowing people that follow <laughs> us to see our posts. We appreciate you. Yes. We, we bow it's down almost to the as algorithm. if that's how the app's supposed to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we bow down to the algorithm. Oh, oh, a powerful Instagram. But this, this shot here is well deserving of as many likes as, as the algorithm will allow it. And like you said, it's just masterful kind of, yeah, man, you know, think give this guy a follow though. figure hurts as in like the car rental car rental place and action figure i mean just i think his name's daz he just like i said fun star wars fan i like the way his mind works like i said maybe it's on the influence of acid (laughs) if it is it's fantastic because the ideas that come on the figure hurts page are just uh, they're just i mean they're they're literally out of this world as this one is yeah i mean it's Dude, it's fucking fantastic, dude. There's there's one well, that, shot. There you go. That's why he's figure fucking hurts, not just figure hurts. Dude, the, I'm on his page. So I'm scrolling down his feed. I'm looking at a, a, a shot, and he has this kit bash. is so ridiculous. I'm going to show it. I'm going to drop it to Matt in the chat because you just have to see it. It's so fucking crazy. Is it the guy with, like, the ghoulies head on the BMX bike? No, it's it's <laughs> he has Yoda bodies with palp heads on him and then snoke walking around with his head on is that fucking yeah. chewbacca <laughs> like, yeah it looks like a like an old three three and three quarter inch figure <laughs> it's just like who? Yeah, well hey like i said that's what i mean the guys and, yeah. and he's literally saying they're they're hobbits we're taking the hobbits to heisenberg to heisenberg to heisenberg <laughs> Oh, man. But, yes, give Figure Hurts a follow on Instagram. The guy's fantastic. Oh, and the best part is, Nick, they have uh, blue meth rocks blue, yeah, on the plate. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, there may there may be some LSD use here, and we love it. Yeah. You know, bring on the creativity, but this is fucking – yeah, I mean, you forget – I mean, remember, we talked before. If you scroll down, he's got the, the whole <laughs> toilet diorama where he's got, like – people's uh, heads yeah yeah he's got old man luke giving kylo a swirly in a poop filled toilet <laughs> uh, it's just great stuff so check him out 
Uh, 11,000 followers. He's definitely a big time uh, account out there. So check yeah. him out on Instagram, Figure Hurts. Yeah. All right. Next up, and it's me. So there's got to be a bucket headshot included in the top. Yeah, five. I feel like this guy probably speaks to you on a daily basis Dude, with, with his post. Operators is like, yeah. Here's the thing with operators is that he is good at so many different things. Like the post processing that's on his shots makes it look like, I mean, like, sometimes it gives like, him almost like an animated or a hand-drawn feel exactly like it? sometimes i'm looking i'm like is this even like photography like the the amount right. of it, it almost looks like a painting or a drawing yeah which is pretty impressive so what we see is we have a this is a clone trooper and he is he has like a b1 battle droid kind of pinned down to the ground and he's bl- he's got his blaster up to his chest and just fucking blasting him right through the chest and the stylization that is, um, you know, kind of operators is, it's his, you know, his trademark really makes everything in this shot pop. Like the lighting that he adds into it in post, the weight, like his color saturation that he, that he throws in there as well. I mean, like everything is just so rich oh, yeah. with color. I, I love the pose. I like how he's basically pinching the battle droid's nose. Yeah. <laughs> so he can pull him closer and blast him through his metal heart. Yeah. I mean, the dude is like, yeah, it's badass. I, I mean, it's amazing. Like all the shit he has on his page. Like I said, it's just, he's got that style. Yeah. Uh, it's a very defined style. I wish I could have a defined style for myself. Cause I'm an ass that every time I edit a shot, I'm like, Ugh. Oh, it might look like the other one. I'll just change it completely. Even though I think it might look like shit doing it this way. Yeah. I'm just a wreck sometimes. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. <laughs> but, but, Anyways. Yeah. But with operators, back to operators yeah, here, like, you can scroll through, like if you scroll through the Star Wars Time Show feed, you you know when you're passing an operator shot. Like you're like, okay, that's definitely Operators of the Republic because he just has that visual style. Right. That I mean, that, that's a mark of a good photographer in, in any line of photography. I mean, when, when you can kind of just pick out who they are without seeing their name on a piece you know that they have imprinted themselves on you essentially. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can go through my feed every night and without looking at names, like that's a black series shot. That's a plastic action shot. That's a Jason B. Michaels shot. You know, I mean that, that's a everything Kylo. That's our goat buddy. That's uh, Sir Dork. Yeah. And same thing here with operators. So yeah, um, fantastic work here. He does a lot of customs too. And it looks like most of the time he's working in the one six scale. Yeah which is uh, sometimes tough to photograph because they are bigger. Yeah, so excellent job here. Operators underscore of underscore the underscore Republic on Instagram. Fantastic work. Um, Next up here is a piece of, I mean, what can only be described as venomous art. I mean, I don't even know what to call it other than venomous art. And it's by venomous. (laughs) It goes right back to my previous point. I I mean, venomous... uh, super scoundrel these these are guys we've come to you just scroll through and be like oh yep gotta share that i mean venomous remade a shot that black series just posted last night and i almost felt compelled to share that today because venomous's style we've tried to describe it before i i, I think it's undescribable i mean there's a he definitely goes with hard lines, I and mean, there I see a little bit of Gennady Tarkovsky in the in the face here. We're looking at of this yeah. venomous Kylo shot from the Tross trailer, but he really kind of has his own deal because then you, it looks you've got like some of the 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 splatter work here. It's just like paint splatter, it's, and then you know Kylo's body just kind of 
dissolves forms into, or, or, yeah. or flows into the the ocean waves and just man beautiful work of art yeah i mean it's just hard to describe like the 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 colors again like venomous his work with colors and how he uses them i mean with this shot it's it's easier but i mean like if you compare this shot or this this piece of art by venomous and then you you put it next to the trailer image that he's mirroring the way that he enhances the colors because there's essentially no blue like there's very little blue in the trailer itself but like the way that he brings out like the blue of the waves really brightens the red of the lightsaber I mean, and then the stark black of, of Kylo against everything else with the white splatters of water. I mean, like, this guy is just a killer. I mean, just, it doesn't look like he, he just took paint and was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll splatter it here, 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 and here, but it, it, it's all cohesive and makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, and that like, is, to me, if I started doing that, it would turn into just a big shit show of, of paint splatter. Yeah, it would just all come out, like, muddy. Like, everything's just brown and dripping and makes it's no crazy. fucking sense. Like, all right, my question to you, if you could pick an art form that you're awesome at, like Venomous here, what would you go with? I would do like traditional illustration, like, like hand, like drawing, like physically drawing something. Yeah. So kind of like what, what this guy's doing. Yeah. What kind of like what Venomous says. And like the, the reason I picked that is because like, if you're good at like t- picking up a fucking pencil or pen or whatever and drawing something on a screen, then you can eventually get good at digital painting, which is what Venomous did to, you know, create this. Like, right. you know. Right, and you'd have to assume that a lot of these people started traditionally and just moved to digital because it's, it's so much easier yeah. and it gives them many more options of, of, of kind of creating awesome art. Exactly. Uh, no, I'm with you, dude. I, I probably would. I would either, nah, I would be a musician. Fuck that You'd shit. You'd be a musician, so, I yeah. mean, I mean, I, there's, there's something about the power of music. I mean, I, I love draw. I love drawing, animation, this, that, the other thing, photography. But the fact that if you're really good at playing music and you get up on a stage and 100,000 people would just sit there and listen to you, that's that's pretty powerful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is absolutely. But uh, <laughs> second choice would definitely be kind of like what, what these venomous characters can do and just literally create art with their fingertips. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful work. So... Um, at Venomous, V-E-N-A-M-I-S on Instagram. Yeah, so some of the best Star Wars fan art and at times official Star Wars art you're, you're going to see. It's, it's very, it's unique if anything else. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to our uh, final. Yes. This is my favorite Star Wars custom of all time. And this artist has used him for multiple years and I hope he never goes away. So yeah, so this is from Barton LTM. Barton underscore LTM on Instagram. And what we get is like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a man. It's a skater C3PO. Yeah, ska- literally. Yeah, perfect. I mean, he's got basically Vans on, Adidas, Adidas. socks. He's, he's got a Stussy arm. hat yeah. on, cocked. He's smoking a cig. And he's got And he's got spray paint cans next to him with his skateboard on his back and headphones around his neck. Yeah. I mean, he is. I want this fucking C-3PO. Yeah, I mean, this is such an amazing job by Barton. And it's not just the figure himself and how he's dressed it, but, like, it's the staging of it. It's the smoke from the cigarette. It's in the background where you have, you know, the uh, the, the spray paint art, the graffiti art in the background. You get a little uh, R2-D2 with a heart. 
you get the uh, Darth Vader face, and then you get Stop Wars instead of Star Wars on the bottom <laughs> left. I mean, the the concepting, the execution, the staging of this is all perfect. It's great. And I mean, like and Nick, just think if this is a one twelve scale figure, he's six inches tall. So how little do you think these little spray cans are in cigarette boxes? Dude, that's what I was wondering. Is like. The size of everything else, like the size of, you know, yeah, like the spray cans and the cigarette boxes and the cig. I mean, I'm sure the cigarette is probably... I mean, they're probably a couple millimeters, yeah. to be honest with you. I mean, that is super impressive. And, like, if you look at this shot, like, some people would say, like, oh, he's just standing there. It's not even... It's not necessarily good, Yeah, good pose. luck trying to recreate this. Yeah, I've, like, I've said this a thousand times. Getting a piece of plastic... That is not in an action-oriented pose. You don't have particle effects, uh, anything going on. It's literally just a portrait. Doing that and making the image feel like it's alive, to me, is more difficult than staging a badass action scene where you're going to get that feeling of these things are moving or doing something. So when you can just stand a C-3PO there, who you really can't pose anyways, Yeah, and he looks... Kind of like a, a skater, you know, like a bro. That's job well done. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I when I see this image, I see C-3PO going like, what's going on, bro? Yeah, exactly. Like Stop wars, bro. He looks like a West Coast skater kid. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, he's about to go to the, to the vape shop and, <laughs> and get some wax or something. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fucking fantastic. So, I mean, again, like this is, this is a shot that is made by the concepting and execution not necessarily the you know the pose. Right. I mean, the there's action. a good chance that some of the clothes he may be imposing, you know, from other images. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? Either way, it doesn't matter. It's, I want to see three PO. I love the shot. And Barton, this is kind of what he does. I mean, I love any time he throws out his little C three PO guy or his Darth Maul in in army fatigues. Yeah, and I mean, if you scroll through Barton's feed you'll see like other versions of this skater c3po they have one of them that's he's actually like on his skateboard smoking a cig and then yeah there's a ton of good stuff here if yeah i'm worried for this 3po's health but he he's yeah. living his best life I yeah guess, he's he's will. like bender he's from futurama yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't give a fuck that's right yeah i mean but yeah i mean this guy has incredible concepting work uh i see the 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 mall that you mentioned he's got one shot of a mall that's wearing like a fucking big ass trench coat and is wearing a Star Wars T-shirt. Like it's yeah. super fun. So, so I mean, he's, he's just he always creates fun shots that are executed very well. Yeah. So that rounds out our top five all right. for this week. Um, and yeah, I mean, they were all great. So love it, love it. We'll be back. All right, man. Well, as always, if you want to try to get yourself featured in the top five, first off, take awesome Star Wars pictures or draw or create awesome Star Wars art. It doesn't matter. We're not just here for the toys, although that's kind of what we lean on because one of us may have a foot into that community. But either way, we're just here to appreciate Star Wars art. So if you want to get involved, hit us up on Instagram, Star Wars Time Show. Use the Star Wars Time Show hashtag or tag us or do both. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I like seeing that our hashtag has crossed the 6,000 uses mark. I'd like that to get up to 10,000, 20,000, 50 to 100. But that's going to rely on you, our friends. And speaking of our friends, you know what you know what time it is. It's that time to go over to StarWarsTime.net, 
Even if you've been there, you probably haven't been there today. Check it out. See if there's anything new. If there is, click around. Share it with other Star Wars fans. But more importantly, if you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, you can do that by clicking on the subscribe to podcast link in the top right or the hamburger menu if you're on menu or on mobile. I'm sorry. Plus, if you're still not keyed into us on YouTube, remember the shows go up on YouTube for pictures. When we talk about anything that involves a picture, we like to throw it up there. So you're not just creating mental pictures. We're good like that. So get subscribed to YouTube as well. And of course, if you're on a platform, anytime you can comment, like, rate, or review goes a long, long way for your buddies at the Star Wars Time Show. Sound good? Excellent. And remember, if you listen to this Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you always. Oh.